chapter 21, beginning at the 12th verse. Jesus entered the temple area and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple area, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise? This is the gospel of Christ. Let's pray as we stand. Lord, we pray that you speak into our hearts by the power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, that we be open to what you would say to us today. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Please have a seat. I'm enjoying getting back into my running a little bit. Not quite at the level of Victor yet, um, but yeah, we'll have a way to go. The other day, I was devastated because my husband wasn't so well, so I got to take his running slot uh, in the morning. And I was running along. It was a Tuesday morning, Regents. And we were running along, and I thought, hey, I'm doing quite well now. I'm getting, getting fit again. And I was running with this group, and the one person said to me, you see that man in front? He had a hip replacement at the end of January. I hear my, so my bubble just goes, shrank to nothingness. And this was mid-May. Mid and, and, oh, he's over 60 years old. So suddenly the accelerator goes up, the rev counter goes. I've got to catch this man. And I was struggling and struggling. And eventually we hit buttery. Now, those of you who know buttery, it's awful. Whether you run down it or up it, it's, it's awful. So he slowed down a bit on buttery. I managed to keep him. And he said, I started chatting with him. His name was Brad. And he said, no, this is my first run since my hip replacement feels even worse and he said no I'm going a bit slower down battery because it's you know rather a rather a steep hill and I said to him how, how do you do this how, how come I don't understand this and he said to me you know people will say sure you must have had an incredible surgeon and he says I just smile and I nod my head but he said to me for a few months before I had that operation I was in at the gym every day at least once a day and I was training. I was strength training the whole time. And after the operation, as soon as I could get back in that gym, I was there every day, training and training. And, and this is the result. It wasn't all the external. It was what was happening behind the scenes. And we're looking, we're journeying through Acts, and we're going to see some of that strength training there. For those of you who don't know yet exactly where Acts is, you've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John in the New Testament, and then that's the story of Jesus. Acts is the story of the church growing. And that's why we've called the series Church Alive. It's really exciting to see the growth. And we've had a few weeks. So we looked at Jesus ascending into heaven. And then we see the disciples. They're all praying together. Then they choose Matthias to replace Judas. And then we see them again. They're all praying. It says continually. Then we see Pentecost, the Holy Spirit, coming on them. They're filled, they go preach the word of God boldly. 3,000 are added to their numbers. That's considerable growth. After that, it says again, they're praying together. They, were de they devoted themselves to prayer, it says. Then last week, we looked at Peter and John went to the temple and healed the lame man. 
and were brought before the Sanhedrin, and there they were grilled. And it says then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke boldly. Now, today's reading comes in just after that. What happens when Peter and John are released? What happens when they go back to the disciples? Do they huddle together and say, what are we, what are we going to do about this? Let's have a strategy. Let's plan and, and get some programs together. What do they do? They pray. They pray. And, and then it says, the result of that prayer is verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. Now today's Pentecost, and some of you might have said, mm, well, why aren't we doing the Pentecost reading? But there's a specific reason why we've chosen this one instead. What was happening at Pentecost before the Holy Spirit came on them? They were praying. What was happening in the reading today? They were praying. Both readings say, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The first reading, Pentecost, says that the, the wind came, the Holy Spirit came like a mighty wind rushing from heaven. This one says the building was shaken. I think our church council would prefer the mighty wind to the shaking building. But then they were all, and both it's, we see that they were able to speak the word of God boldly. And there's an important message there. Because Pentecost isn't a once-off happening. We're not looking back on something that happened in the past. Pentecost happens today in our hearts. The Holy Spirit would fill us. And we've seen that through the ages in the church. We see it again and again in Acts. We see it in the history of the church. And we see it today. The Holy Spirit would fill us. They needed, we look then, they needed the infilling of the Holy Spirit. They had just had these threats. Maybe they were feeling a bit overwhelmed. And they needed that boldness of the Spirit. Now, it's interesting because you might say, well, you know, did they, were they feeling extra discouraged? Were they, um, had they been disobedient that they needed this infilling? They'd actually been spectacularly obedient. I mean, imagine picking someone up who's lame and say, rise to your feet in faith. And he was healed. They needed the infilling of the Holy Spirit. How much more do we need the infilling of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our church today? Persecution. Many of us face persecution in, our, in a smaller scale, in friends and family. But I think there are other obstacles which in some ways are bigger that we face today. Obstacles that relate to relativism. You know, any way to God is fine. You have entertainment, dulling everyone's mind to spiritual things. You have media that says it's all about you and it's about living for today and enjoy it. All those challenges we face in proclaiming the gospel. And we have a church that's kind of reducing their values to what the world is. And yet we have the power of God. We have, we proclaim Jesus, the name of Jesus. And that is what we proclaim. We need the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We need help, just like those early disciples. Not because we are particularly weak, but we need it because the need of the world is so big, the need of the world that we go into. Charles Spurgeon, he, um, he was this, I've spoken of him before, 19th century minister, powerful, powerful ministry. And people would come to him and say, what is the secret of your success? How did this happen? And he would take them down to, to the prayer room, and he called it the powerhouse or the engine room of the church. 
And he said, if the engine room is out of action, then the whole mill will grind to a halt. We cannot expect blessing if we don't ask. And you know, our gospel reading said, my house will be called a house of prayer, the words of Jesus. Not a house of preaching, 